Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Today uh, is no. Today is the twentieth day of the Omer. Twentieth <laughs> day of the Omer. Right, we're getting there. Right. What is it? Thirty days to to Shavuos. A month. It's one month left. So, and with that, in our preparation for Shavuos, we are going to learn another daf. Today is daf of Gimel. Yesterday's daf of Beis. We're going to do a review of yesterday's daf. Get to today's daf, and we are learning Lili Nishmas from Bashmol Shimon, Meir Nisham Avnaliyah, and Daniel Benet Baruch Ben Yudaleib Veimi, and all who need her for Shlema should get her for Shlema, and that's it. Okay, let's get started. So, what did we learn yesterday? We started off yesterday. Daf Chav Beis from the Mishnah at the bottom of the page on Daf Chav Aleph Amud Beis, and um, basically the Mishnah taught, we we saw the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer Ben Yaakov who said that a Beimagasa the large species of animal that uh, if a Charoras Dam basically a mass of blood comes out so you need to bury that mass of blood. And um, basically, we look at it as a pro- most probably a miscarriage, and therefore, she's thereby ptura minabchora. The one that's born post will not be considered a bechor. Now, that's the Mishnah. So Rabbi says that this karoras dam, in the process of bearing it, is not going to convey toma, neither by touch nor by carrying. And um, so the Gemara is saying, well, if that's the case, that it's not mitama, neither with maga nor with mas, so then why would we bury it? It's not tame at all. So I understand something that's tame, you want it to be you want it out of sight, out of, you know, so it doesn't ruin anything. But the question is, what's the purpose of the burial? So the Gemara explains that's for the way of being mefarsim, of, pure, of uh, publicizing that this, there's a ptor bechor here. So it's sort of like showing that this is a miscarriage and it's like an act that uh, indicates that, that nobody will start questioning. Oh, if that's the case, then you're telling me that it's a Vlad Ma'alia. If it's a Vlad Ma'alia, mm-hmm. then why isn't it Metame B'magmasa? It should have a Din Nevela. So the Gemara explains, the Rabbi Yochanan explains over here that we have over here an interesting phenomena. It's called a, it's a Bittel Berov. Most of what's there in that mass is blood, um, is other things that do not have halacha of nevela that it conveys tumah, and it's bottle berov, and therefore that's why you're not catching tumah. This Rabbi Yochanan is lishitaso because Rabbi Yochanan says that this Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov and our Mishnah and Rabbi Shimon are one and the same opinion. So uh, we see what Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov is. Rabbi Shimon is from another halacha by a shilya. Um, we saw that if there's a shilya in a house. The house is Tame, because not that the Shilya is the Vlad, but the Shilya is an indication that somewhere there is a Vlad, and somewhere there's a Vlad that's going to convey Tumah, Tumas Ohel, because it's a dead body. It's talking about it from a human. And, um, and Reb Shimon says, not true. The Vlad is most likely Nimuk, Achlo um, Yatsa. If you don't see what looks like an offspring, it looks like a fetus, then there's nothing to worry about, and it does not make Tumas Ohel. Which is very similar to uh, to this Rebliezer ben Yaakov. Now, um, so uh, then we got to a Mishnah. The Mishnah says 
that uh, a nefel uh, does not have psichas hakever until it's yagilu rosh kapika, which means basically that the um, again what we're talking about here is a dead fetus inside a mother, and it doesn't convey tumas habayis tumas ohel until it uh, until the womb is open all the way basically that uh, the head is crowning, the, and it's the size of a pika. Now, what is a pika? Gemara says it's a pika of tzemer. So it's interesting, uh, the, the translators um, in my night here all said uh, that a pika is a skein. S-K-E-I-N. A skein of, of wool. A skein of wool, like a, yeah. like a ball of that's wool, basically. About, like, yes, that's what I ever thought it was. That's how I understood that's it. That's not what our school yeah. says. But our school called it a world. They never heard of a world. So I said, okay. keep I it a world. You never heard of a skein? You never heard of a skein? Okay. Skein. Skein, S-K-E-I-N. I heard of it. Okay. Okay. Didn't know what it was, but that's how I heard it. Okay, anyway, oh, bottom line. Skein. Oh, you... Just kidding. Okay. They you say said Frankenstein, that, I say Frankenstein. They said that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. I, I, I defer to the experts in these things. Okay. You got to know where your expertise lies and where it doesn't lie. That's the bottom line. How is, how is I'm curious how Mr. Sancino is translating um, a pika. A round head like a coil? A coil. A coil. Okay. A coil of wool. Yeah, this is, no, it's no, a ball. three Okay, three sheets. Yeah. Okay, very wow. nice. Yeah. The yeah. bottom line is nobody knows. <laughs> they should have used like a kazayas or a yeah, beta. Like, right, something, something that we know. Measure, yeah. A measurement it's that we're like familiar with. of wool. Okay, same thing. Okay. Okay, that's a, a coil of wool is, scale. Is a skein, right? Okay. Skein. Anyway. All right. So, so basically, um, that's a pikashot semer. So here, Barav said Huna, "Can you, Rebbe? Can you please explain to me? There's two kinds of pikas. There's the shesi one, which is from the warp, and then there's the arev one, which is from the wolf. And the one on the wolf is apparently a little larger. And I want to know which pika do you mean? How? Which size do you mean? So um, he said, "You know what? That's a very good question. Guess what? The Bryce says." Both. It's according to Remeyer, it's a Pikishal Shatsi, and according to Rebuda, it's Shalari. Rebliezer Reb Tzadok says that uh, it's not, you don't need that size. It's, uh, it's that you could actually see in, basically. When it's Yiru Tefifios, which basically is um, the state when, when a mule um, urinates, so crouches before before it urinates, and uh, you could see right in basically, and that's that's the point that it's it's that clear you could see the it looks like two Rashi says it looks like folds of skin inside that's open enough basically that's considered there's an opening here once there's an opening so then the 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 dead fetus conveys Thomas Abayas because it's not sealed anymore that's basically the gist over here okay. Um, anyway, um, then we saw Rabbi Yudas in the name of Shmuel, in the name of Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Tzadok, that they explained in Shalayim. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Rav Huna said uh, that I heard two picos, one of Shasi, one of Arif, but I don't know how to explain it. Then um, Rav Dimi, he said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, in fact, that there's not two, there's three Shasi, Arif, and the ones of the Sakon, the sack makers. Which is made out of a whole other material that's a, and it's even a larger um, 
coil. And I have no idea how to explain it, but Ravin came and he heard from Rabbi Yochanan that it depends. If it's for a woman, that's only the, that's the smallest size. That's the size of a chassis. That's the size of a warp, uh, the, the coil for the warp. If it's for a behema, uh, then it's the size of an arib. It's a little larger. And the pika gdol of zakoin, it's for another halach altogether. That's the halach of, uh, if a clump of earth that comes from outside of Yisrael, a place where there's a a possible tumah. So, the clump, the size of a pikagdol of sakain, which is the the same as the seal of the marksufin, which is on the top of the barrel tops of the base lechem barrels, which is basically like a gripper top that's there that helps you pull it off. So it's sort of like, and that size is the size that's of the clump of earth that will convey tumah. Uh, of course, that's of course Toma de Rabbanan, but uh, it's still nevertheless treated complete Toma, like a Thomas Oel, as if there's a dead body there. Okay, uh, again, but it's it's because there's a suffix, it was a base of pras. Okay, it brings us to the next thing, um, which is Reish Lakish in the name of Rabbi the Nasiya said that when you buy Tzir from an Amaretz, so you um, attach it to water, and it'll automatically be tar because of uh, uh, because of this factor. On the one hand, maybe we don't know the ratio, the the percentages, how much of it is pure brine and how much of it is the added water. If the water is the majority, so the water is, is from an amaretz is potentially tummy. We assume that it, that might be have been nitma, and uh, but if you attach water to a mikvah, it'll automatically just touch it, it'll automatically, all the water will be tar, and then it's going to be tar. If, on the other hand, the majority is the brine, well, then it's not a problem either, because the brine itself is not subject to tumas, uh, to tum in that way, and therefore it's, again, not a problem. So if you're mashiko b'mayim, either way, meman of shach, it would be acceptable and be tar. Now the question is, well, let's say it's majority brine, there's still a minority of, of water that is... Um, that is tummy, but it, the point is, though, is that it's going to be bottle berov, and therefore it's not a problem. And on that um, comes along Rabiermia and makes a major qualifier, and that really will keep us busy into today's daf. So Rabiermia said that this is only true if you're eating the tzir straight up, meaning you 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 take your bread, you dip it in the tzir. It's like the you know, it's like, you know, the juices of the fish, whatever, the sardines, you know, you put your bread in and you dip it, it tastes delicious. And that's what's going on over here. And that's, the, and that's what's going on. So the question is, um, but if you wanted to use that sear as a, spy, as a seasoning for a soup or something, a chowder, whatever it is, so then you will not be, that would be a problem. And the reason why is because since you're putting it to more water, so... If it was a minority of water here, that's tummy. And now you have a majority of, and now you have more water. So now it's majority water. It's going to be a problem. That's the shita of Rabbi Yirmiyah. On that, Abai says, why would that be the case? The tumma of the water that was negated to the majority of the tzir is batel, and you want to say that it's going to wake back up and become tummy? Why should that happen? So on that, Rabbi Yirmiyah says, what do you mean? Don't you agree that something like this happens? Where do you find that it happens? If you have, it's learned in a Mishnah. If you have a sov truma tamea, okay, that fell into a hundred 
Sof, Chulin, Tahorin. Okay, so the Chulin star, the Trumas Tameya, and it got mixed in. So as you know, the sheer, the ratio of Bittol is one, 1 to 100. But what does Rebbe Leezer say to do? He says, take off a Truma, and that at least creates a status of doubt now. Because maybe you remove the whole Truma, and it's not there anymore. So at least it brings it to a... It's not like somewhere in the mixture there's this Truma, the truma is out of the way, and you're rotted, and that and that will help, and the rest of it you'll be able to eat. Come say, no, you don't even worry about it. It's bottle already in the one hundred, and you eat it, but you have to be careful not to let it become tummy. How do you make sure that it doesn't become tummy? After all, the chulin right now star. Simple eats is to make sure that it stays dry. So you cook you, you you serve it in a dry way is either nikudim, which is. Um, I don't know exactly how they ate it, but whatever, they could eat it dry, or they could toast it, which is also dry, or you can use liquids that don't, uh, aren't susceptible to tumma, like if you knead it in, um, in fruit juices, or you divide it into very small pieces of dough that are less than a shear, a requisite shear that's able to contract tumma, less than the size of an egg, all that is your etza, how to eat it. What does Rebbe, uh, what does Rebbe Yezer say you do with the chulin after you pulled it off? He says that uh, also eat it the same way, nikudin, kalayos, or, or knead it in meperos and fruit juices, or divide it amongst the other doughs. As long as you don't keep an egg sized in one spot. And Ula says, why is this? Why is this halacha? So he says it's a because maybe you'll bring a kav chulin that are tame from somewhere else, and you'll say, this is a little bit of a kav and more, so I'm going to have a majority of this, which I consider tahar. I'm going to have a minority of of, uh, of chulin that's tummy, and I'll mix it together, and I'll have majority tahar. That's the idea, and you're allowed to do that. But if we do do that, that's going to wake up the tuma of the of the truma that's inside, and then now the truma now all of a sudden we have a, a majority tummy, and that's our problem, and that's why this is the only way to eat it to save to avoid that problem. So you see that it's waking back up. What's the difference? So the Gemara says that's not uh, a comparable case because over there it's tumma that's moreres. It's a tumma. You have a tame chulin that you're mixing in forty nine percent with this mixture, which has a one percent of a one point five percent of truma tamea. Yeah, the tuma of the new is going to wake up the tuma of the old, and then it'll be a majority tummy. I get it; that's a problem. But over here, uh, what am I mixing it in? There is water that's a minority. That's let's say tummy. Grant you that. I'm cooking it in my pot of water. That's tahar water. I'm not putting it in tummy. So why should Torah be moreres as a tuma? And that was where we left off yesterday. And we'll stop here. For